Welcome to Best Year Ever, a personal growth podcast designed to help you become a powerful creator. Because creating your best year ever is a mindset, a lifestyle, and a way of being. Please share and enjoy. I am committed to three things. Helping you be your best, do what you love, and show up powerfully. If you want to take your personal development and mindset to the next level, go to designyourbestself.com to sign up for our personal growth program. First question, tell me one thing you do to create your best year ever. Man, that's a solid question. So the first thing I do is I reevaluate my circles and who is in my actual group of guys that I talk to all day long. And I make sure that we are a cream of the crop and we are all pushing forward to make sure that we're going to hit that year's goals. Zach, that's a great uh, tactic, but I'm curious because what about dropping people out? I know there's just as much value getting new people into the circle, but I think a lot of people might be challenged dropping people out. How does that work for you? Man, uh, so it's kind of, uh, luckily we set those standards on the front end of like, this is who we are, this is what we're going to do, and this is where we're going. And if you're not going to keep up with that, I'm sorry, I love you but you're going to have to be out here. You can still hang out. We can still talk. We can still interact. But as far as the day-to-day, the people that are holding me accountable and the people that I'm going to spend time holding accountable, we got to be real with each other and know that if we slip up, we're going to get cut from the team, bro. Oh, I love it. And you're speaking my language, Jack, because in years past, I was a part of a group called the 100-Day Accountability Group. And the goal was to create positive habits for ourselves that we would run at minimum 100 days in a row. And when you first join a group like this, you look and there's people who have like five or six habits with these giant numbers there. And you're sitting there at zero and you're like, whoa, but you very quickly get into the rhythm where you're like, all right, I'm doing this every single day. I'm doing this every single day. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm going to add on another positive habit. And next thing you know, you start running with the Clydesdales at the front and then you become the guy, but then it becomes extreme transparency because when you're checking in daily on things you're going to do for at least a hundred days in a row, it is very transparent when somebody is noticeably absent. A hundred percent, man. Uh, you know, I love that. And, you know, one thing that I've, I've taken into consideration is you hear everyone talk about 21 days, 21 days, 21 days, make a habit, make a habit, make a habit. And although I love books like Atomic Habits, uh, you know, that speak on habits, what's cool about that piece of documentation is it goes even further and you start looking up what neurological cycles are, right? Like 63 days. So all these numbers, like 75 hard, 75 days, right? Your 100-day challenge, right? Those 100 days, I love those because it's taking people past that 63-day mark where you're actually starting a new neurological cycle, and that's when it gets fun. And this is already fun. We haven't even done the intro. So welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can create your best year ever. And I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And I am oh so excited for this episode because you just got a little taste of what's on the horizon. I would like to welcome welcome my friend, Zach R.O.I. Williams, owner and founder of a marketing and investment agency. He is also a men's accountability coach. Zach, great to have you on the show. That's awesome, bro. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Uh, you're, you're an incredible person. And I'm super honored to be here. So uh, I gave you 
a prompt yesterday of what we're about to talk about, but I actually don't know a lot of where this is going to go in the best way possible. And this past Monday, during the Monday night football game, there was a very unfortunate incident with Damar Hamlin, uh, a member of the Buffalo Bills, who had cardiac arrest on the field, and he was in a uh, near-death experience and life-and-death situation. We still don't know what's going on with him right now. And as I'm watching this, and my wife is a Buffalo Bills fan, I see the medics surrounding him and players from both teams surrounding him. And it was a very surreal and scary and human experience where everyone in the world, he was no longer a football player. He was one of humans. Like nobody wants that for anybody else. But here's what I know about you, Zach, and don't know. You have a story similar to that, and so do I. I had a near-death experience running a marathon where I was that guy. And there's something that I heard along the lines that you had a motorcycle accident at some point in your journey, and I'm pretty sure that this became sort of the fulcrum or a catalyst for the next version of you. And I want to share if you could share or see if you could share a little bit of this perspective because one of the things that is so present on my mind right now is... As Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, would say, never waste a failure. And in this instance with DeMar Hamlin, we're all sitting there and how many people are just going to move on with their lives and not actually take the second to say, wait a second, what can I learn from what's going on in this guy's situation about how I can live my life holistically and be the best version of myself and live my dreams because it can be gone in a second. So let's start with you and sort of what's going on with your journey as it relates to your motorcycle accident. Yeah, Rob. No, thank you so much. I, I I don't know if you can see it, but I got goosebumps when you started mentioning that because it it is something that's super powerful and is something that you know I wholeheartedly owe this new version of Zach Williams to. Um, so it's it's an incredible journey. We're about to celebrate the ten year anniversary of something that was literally life changing, and, and what I mean by life changing was. You know, I almost died, uh, coded twice. Uh, we'll get into all that. But, I mean, they literally told my mom I was dead kind of situation. And um, the battle back from that, being told I could, I was never going to be able to walk again, being told I was never going to be able to have kids again, all these, like, you're not, you're not, you're not, no, 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 never, 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 these definite words um, it was the mental shift, which is obviously like, you know, I kind of joke around about having a million dollar body. I know it might not look like it. I'm not like a Chris Zizzo or anything like that, but literally you're looking at a million dollar person. And for me, it wasn't about the body, the, the, the way it, it, it interacts the way, or it didn't interact prior to the wreck. It was about the mental state where there was a light switch that went off months later. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the the deep dark thoughts that uh, kind of swirled around for a little bit, but um, there was a, a light switch that went off that said, I have two choices. This scenario is either going to be the worst thing that has ever happened to me, or it will be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And when that light switch went off, the world opened up. Um, you know, I, I get to I get to say from stage um, this next part that I'm about to dive into a lot, and it means the world to me because some of the people that I look up to the most, I'm not going to name any names, 
but some of the the best speakers in the world when you hear them speak about some of their most polarizing speeches they are discussing life and death and a lot of times it is someone that they care about it is a father it is a mother it might be a father figure a sibling hopefully god uh, uh, you know a, a child whatever the case is it is a a death and someone very very real to them and someone very very close but i'm telling you listening right now that when it's your own life it does not get any more real than that now i'm not saying we're going to sit here and weigh whether or not losing a you know having to bury a child god bless i couldn't imagine versus you know fighting a near-death experience is better or worse because uh, if you're a parent out there i know that you'd be the first to say that i would give my life for my child i myself as well but when we're talking about actually conceptualizing the fact that you are gonna die it doesn't get more real and you know rob you might share the same thing but I get the opportunity now. I just got done writing a book that's actually going to release on April 13th of 2013, which is, is the 10 year anniversary and it's releasing specifically for then. Um, but in there, I speak a lot about this, but also I, I don't say you hear people say I was put on earth to do this mission. I was put on earth to live out these core values and have this vision for my life. You know, I was put on earth to do this. I was put on earth to be a speaker. I was put on earth to be a coach. I was put on earth to be an author, but not only was I put on earth to do this shit, I was kept on earth to do this. So I'm excited to talk about this, bro. Yeah. So with all of this and it's the, and I'm so glad you went to hear because we can all learn lessons from others without having to go through the experience ourselves, and certainly in the way of near-death experiences. And you and I are so aligned in the fact that for me, I wake up every single day doing what I love in my mission and everything that I do is sharing all of the lessons that I've learned having been the person who woke up in a near-death experience and I sit there and Zach, I was at mile 25 and a half about to finish my first marathon and then the next thing I know, I open my eyes and I'm staring at the top of a medical tent packed head to toe in ice trying to stay alive from a 107 degree heat stroke with medics at the Marine Corps Marathon in DC. And as I thought about this um, days, months, weeks, years later, what dawned on me is there was a period from when I went, I was on the course until I woke up in which I was not there. So my concept of death is completely changed now because I'm no longer afraid of it because I saw what death was and it's actually nothing. It's like, what's on the other side of fear? Nothing. Like I was black. And once I understood that, I was like, oh my God, there's this drive and this hunger and this spirit for me to be my best self and my ideal self and help others along on their journey. And Zach, you and I, in our actions and in our content and in our coaching and everything we do, this literally oozes from us because this is more than just a motivation or inspiration. This is who we are. It's a state of being. It's an energy. It's a lifestyle that you just say, if I can just give this to everybody else, please, we've learned this the hard way. And I don't want you to have to do the same. And, and that's what I really hope people take from the DeMar Hamlin thing. 
that uh, death is a subject that is very icky and people don't want to talk about it. But it can actually be the most beautiful, loving, creative thing when you sit there and say, wait a second, I can create with this every single day because I don't know when my time is going to be gone. Therefore, the opportunity is right now. No, absolutely. And, you know, it's crazy that the way you speak about death about this like kind of peaceful experience, um, you know, cause I'll, I'll kind of echo that, you know, mine was a motorcycle wreck and I was on a Harley doing about 55 or 60 miles an hour, minding my own business. Uh, and I got hit head on, uh, about 30, 35 miles an hour. Uh, so you're talking about two pieces of metal colliding at about 90 miles an hour collectively. Like that's a violent experience. Uh, it's a violent exchange of energy uh, into the point where, like, you know, me on my bike, I totaled out a four-car sedan. I flew over 100 feet, uh, did three complete front flips in the air, bounced off the ground, the whole nine yards. Um, and as I'm laying there in a pool of my own blood, shut down a six-lane uh, you know, highway, not highway, but, uh, you know, main, main, uh, major street in Memphis, Tennessee. I, I didn't really know what I would, what to feel. I was just laying there. I was just kind of there. Uh, and you know, those scenes in movies where people talk about their life flashing before their eyes, that's what I got. I was able to experience that. Um, and for me, uh, I was in no pain, you know, I, I was, I had so much shock running through my body and honestly, just the mental state, I'm not sure what blocked that out. Um, but all I could see was what experiences I had had in my life. And I remember being the t most tired I've ever been in my entire life. Like whatever the most tired you've ever been times a hundred. And I, I kept wanting to go to sleep, but I knew what that meant i knew that if i had actually like closed my eyes and given in to that sleepiness like you do every night when you go to bed i knew that that was death uh and i knew that i was not done here yet and so i i fought through that and i pushed through that but similar similar situation like as violent and as aggressive as what that situation was that would have taken me from earth. I wasn't in pain. I honestly wasn't even freaking out. I was literally just watching what my life had transpired to be up until that point. And I just made a mental decision that I still had some work left to do here, bro. Man, this is giving me chills and... I'm getting emotional because of what you are recreating in me having experienced the exact same thing that I'm, I'm laying there, no idea what's going on, but I know it's not good. And I say to myself, if I close my eyes, I'm dead. And that, oh, that's, the rea that's the reality of the situation I wake up into, that if you close your eyes, you're dead. And I know that... Um, darkness comes from the side. So there's a creep that starts to come where you can start to feel it going on. But similar to you, I didn't freak out. And you know why? 
because there was no time to freak out because this was the fight or flight situation. And Zach, it's why you and I are having this conversation right now. It's why you and I run in the same circles because life had an energy for both of us and our missions and our ability to help one person who is watching and listening right now with what's going on in their life. No matter what it is, they don't need to go through a near-death experience, but they're using our stories to help make their life better. And I remember saying to myself, I'm a fighter. I'm going to live. And I said it over and over and over and over again. And this energy and fortitude that we both speak of is the thing that drives us to help others, to create massive visions, to love our families, to be the best husbands and fathers and friends and coaches possible. But man, it, it just, it brings me back to the moment and What I want to talk about now is the light bulb because I think this is the opportunity where we can change someone's life right now because a light bulb moment happens in an instant. It's invisible. It costs nothing. It's a realization of change where you were something and now you see something. And I always like to give the analogy of almost like your world goes from black and white to color to where all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. And a lot of people will use the term an awakening. But you also said this could be either the worst or the best thing to happen for me. And I know there's a lot of people right now going through some challenging times and it's our ability to share the stories of we were in that moment. It happened for us that uh, the option was die or don't die and then bad or best life ever. So what sort of became the, the momentum point for the light bulb for you in the very, very beginning? Because people hear stories like this and they're like, oh, these people are just always wired this way. They're always good. I'm not like them. But what I always try and to express to everybody is you and I both started at zero. We both had the choice of fight or flight, worst thing or best thing ever. And we chose best thing and then came the first step. And what does that first step look like for you that can help somebody else? Man, uh, so I want to give a little bit of context here too because, you know, for anyone that's listening, you might sit here and be like, okay, cool, it's a wreck, bro. Or cool, dude, you were running. So what, you got a little hot. Like, you know, um, so to, to give it a little bit of more authority, two months before this motorcycle wreck, um, well, let's say two months and one day, uh, I was on top of the world. Uh, had a house that we had just bought. It was me uh, and at, at the time my wife and what was known to me as my daughter. Uh, and, you know, we had been high school sweethearts, been together our whole way through college and basically supported our entire life through college. Uh, at this time, been together for about six or seven years, and we had a four-month-old baby. Uh, at that time, again, two months and one day prior to the wreck, um, washing my dishes, get a phone call, um, and obviously the phone call didn't go the best way because as I walk out of the room, my wife at the time followed me into the next room, basically literally followed me, and I cannot imagine what was going through her gut and her head because I know that she must have been waiting for that final shoe to drop. I turned around and all I said was, is it true with tears in my eyes? And she started crying, found out 
the person that was my wife at the time, that four-month-old baby that we had was not my child. And my wife and my wife's mother at the time knew the entire time. The mother-in-law coached her to stay with me through it all because I was the better candidate and all that. So here I am, fast forward to the motorcycle wreck. So at this point in time, in a 60-day window, I went from having the house, having the wife, the cars, six-figure job at 20, what was that, 22, uh, 22 years old, uh, a baby, you know, basically the American dream, the white picket fence dream, uh, to losing it all. You know, obviously in between that time, before the motorcycle wreck, there was a separation. Again, my high school sweetheart, seven years of my life, the first person I'd ever been with, the you know, first experiences of having a child and seeing birth and all these firsts uh, to, you know, $1.2 million in medical bills, ended up losing the house, got two Harleys repoed, lost a car, lost a six-figure job, lost an 800 credit score, went all the way down to like a four-something because every credit line went into delinquency bankrupted a business and drained not only my personal and business finances, but my parents as well. So I know if you're listening, oh God, here we go. Another rags to rich. Just spilt my water for those of you that are only listening. Uh, very emotional story for me. Um, you know, not another rags to riches story, right? Like, oh, we've all heard it or oh, we've all gone on, on shitty times. The rags to riches story or the story here is, is more mental than anything. Um, you see, if you're listening to this wondering, oh, I'm not really wired like Zach. I'm not really wired like Rob. I'm a normal person, or I'm a happy person, or I'm an angry person. Um, I had never experienced depression. I had never experienced anxiety up until this point. So here I am in the hospital room, can't move, Shattered pelvis, I mean, shattered kneecap, ruptured stomach, ruptured bladder, torn aorta, aneurysm, bleeding in the brain, broke wrist. I mean, I was messed up. Your body holds eight, uh, eight to ten units of blood. I went through twenty-seven in nine days. Uh, I coded twice. This the area, the sector of the aorta that you tear that I tore. Um, not only. Did I survive that, which is where the same sector that airplane crash victims die from if there's not an explosion, just that force of impact. It's about the size of a garden hose, but only one in three people survive the, um, the surgery to fix it. Um, so here I am, mentally in the worst position I've ever been put in, and I'm not going to say that I thought about suicide as far as like following through with it, but I at that point in time, I knew it was an option. Uh, and what I want to say here is I knew it was an option. So to think about being in such a bad mental headspace that you even think about it being an option. Well, now I want you to put yourself in a position where even if you wanted to do it, you couldn't. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of the bed. I couldn't. I could, there's literally nothing I could do if I wanted to. So here I am stuck with my thoughts. It's all I could do. And you either had to learn to live with that 
and allow that to pull you deeper into this black hole or use that as the fuel to ignite the fire inside of you to say that this is not going to define me. And I meant that in all, all forms of the phrase. I was not going to let a doctor tell me I was never going to be able to walk again. Okay? I was never going to let lo losing everything that I had worked so hard to do. And I mean, I know that the circles we run in now, you know, making six figures is not a whole lot, you know, but for someone that had never been exposed to these level of high performers to be 22 years old and making six figures was a massive deal. I was making more money than a majority of my friends' parents some of them parents combined were. It was a big deal for me. So to lose that was another mental hurdle that I was just not mentally prepared for. But I had to realize, was this going to hold me down and keep me from, like, what was I going to do? Just sit there and be homeless? Sit there and not have a job? Sit there and not fight back? So I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, it, that this light switch did not go off inside of um the hospital it took me about three or four months after i got home to realize that i was going to be strong enough to not let this hold me back and at the time i didn't walk for over a year so i was having to rely on other people to bring me tools to push past what I was being told was impossible. I was having them bring me my laptop and I was working from a hospital bed in my living room because I was not going to let this hold me back. And then when I finally got strong enough to, to sit up on my own and get in a wheelchair, I had a friend that was a personal trainer come stand behind me with rubber bands and I was sitting in a wheelchair, moving them in and away from my chest as a chest press. I started from nothing and said that it, if I could have done it previously, I can do it again. And I knew the first time, you want to talk about the light switch? It was the first time that I got picked up out of my hospital bed in the middle of my living room. At this time, it's about nine months, about eight, seven months after the motorcycle wreck. When I had two people pick me up and hold me up, probably sitting around 105 pounds, just skin and bones. They placed me on a walker, and with a walker's assistance, I took my first step. And when I took that first step, assisted, granted, but I took a first step, I knew that I was going to make it through this. Man, that is so powerful and, and so inspiring, and I can feel that end. I'm there with you and, and and I love you for sharing that with me and with everybody else. And I'm sitting here and, and I'm envisioning like a Rocky montage, literally that the arc of this arc of this podcast where we've talked about 
the challenges, the depth, the despair that we all go through in a different way. Yeah, we had the near-death experiences, but everybody has their own version of this. But we think that we're unique, that nobody else is going through this. But here we are to show like the most extreme versions of what's humanly possible. But then here comes the inspiring music where it says, I was never going to let dot, 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 anybody hold me back, anybody tell me from anything. And I'm just envisioning you just sitting there and the the light switch for me that I preach at nauseum. It's just one step, one step forward. You went from, I've got the choice. You're sitting there probably mainly negative. There's negative, neutral, and positive. And a lot of people in the world and certainly entrepreneurship and social media will say, man, when life throws crap at your face, just sit there and smile. I'm all about that team good vibes and the positive lifestyle, but that is incorrect advice. The key here is to go from negative to neutral where you're no longer having those negative feelings because then once you're at neutral, you sit there and you say, I have a choice and that music starts to feel inside of you and I can feel this fortress building inside of you, Zach. That person then just boom, here comes that montage and that one step was the start of momentum and I wanted to have you on to share this story because I had never heard this and it is inspiring me so much but people who are listening right now and watching I want them to hear this and say, what is the first step you are going to take to change anything that you want in your life? Zach was sitting here at beyond zero. He was in negative, negative. We are both sitting there virtually dead or dead. And you think what you got going on right now is going to hold you back? You don't think you have that fighting spirit inside of you right now? Here are two people right now telling you you can live and be anything you want, and all it is is a choice. A hundred percent, bro. And, you know, it's funny because because of this, uh, the first chapter in my book that's launching uh, is one foot in front of the other. And uh, that came from this entire situation because, you know, when we all learn to walk, none of us, unless you've gone through an experience like this, none of us can remember what mentally had to click to teach yourself as a child, an infant, a toddler, how to walk, right? But me, having experienced this in an adult life with an adult brain that can at least remember the mental thought processes, When I took my first steps under my own weight, and at first, bro, it started, I mean, obviously I went to a wheelchair first, then I went to a walker with people's assistance, then I went to a walker with just one person's assistance, then I went to just a walker, then I went to crutches, then I went to, uh, never went with a cane, but then what I did was I would walk on my own, under my own weight, but like looking like a, a baby giraffe, and I would basically go from one surface to the other so it would either be leaning against a wall with that weight bearing against a wall to then bouncing off of a counter that I could hold myself up with my palms on the counter to maybe a couch or a chair Uh, and then that obviously graduated to taking my first steps and taking those first steps and I'll, I'll be honest I fell quite a few times and had to be picked up but what it was is I had to pay attention until you learn 
to walk without looking or for someone like yourself that can go and run 26 miles. And I bet you're not looking at where your feet are. You're looking at where you're going. But when you first start, you have to pay attention to what's under you. You have to make sure that your foot is going on solid ground and then you have to apply weight on that. And then you look for your next step and only when your foot is planted on some solid ground can you then take that next step. And I started to realize that when I had to learn how to walk and until I mentally got strong enough to turn into the, the Rob Cressies who can run 26.2 miles or however many miles you can run now and not even look at your feet, I had to start there. So for me, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. I was living that life for real. So it started with looking to where I was going and becoming brave enough to take that first step. Because if I did not get brave enough to take that first step, nor did I actually take that first step, I would never have gotten to where I wanted to go. And Zach... We are going to wrap a bow on this right now with what you just said, because the name of this podcast is Best Year Ever. And this has been one of, if not the most powerful podcasts ever in the most unique way possible. But guess what? You and I believe in candor, in speaking the truth, in leading by example, and showing others what is possible for themselves by us living the standard of our own lives. And you said, becoming brave enough to take the first step. And I want everyone who's listening and watching right now to recognize this is the first step. This is the light bulb moment where you have the choice after hearing this and saying, all right, what am I going to do to make this my best year ever? So Zach, I want you to leave some people with some fire. They want to create their best year ever. We've got people who are already kicking ass. We've got people who are sitting there at neutral. They're cool, not sure where they want to go. There's some people in some challenging times right now. Guess what? Everything that you preach and live is uniform across the board to everybody else. What do you got for them? Yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, so what I preach to my guys over and over and over is the actions that you're doing today. I know this sounds crazy, but coming from this off this podcast is I consider this stuff life or death. So the actions that you take today are going to reflect 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. And there's that best version of yourself. If you were to get 1% better today and then tomorrow and the next day and the next day continuously for. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, there is a version of yourself waiting to meet you. And if you do not take that first step and you do not apply yourself to making sure that you're going to reach your goals and doing the actions that's required to take to actually achieve those, if you don't do that today, that best version of yourself 15 years from now is going to be dead. Now, they might be 15 years in one day or it might be 15 years in a month away but that person that you want to be, that you see yourself on the horizon, up on the hill, that that's who you're going to be. If you do not actually take immediate action and take this as the first step, take this as the next step and the next step and the next step and do what it takes to become 1% better every day and complete the goals that you have said are the most important to you. It is literally life and death. 
Zach, this is one of success's breadcrumbs. I was literally thinking about that this morning when I was doing my morning routine and I was visualizing myself speaking on stage in a sold out arena, which is one of my goals. And I was thinking about the actions that I was taking today to contribute to Rob as the speaker who speaks on stage at the sold-out arena, and I'm visualizing myself behind the curtain, and there's those big uh, AV wires, and they got the duct tape, and they've got the, the um, stage which sort of bounces, and there's like three steps going up that, and I'm feeling all of this. But then the sort of the light bulb went off for me, and I was like, the action you take today, you are that person. You are that yes. person. When yes. you take the action right now yes. that contributes... Brick after brick after brick, like building a house. You'll get there, you'll get there, you'll get there, you'll get there, you'll get there. This is the message that we were called to share with everybody else. And Zach, I am so thankful for your friendship, for sharing this story, for inspiring me and for inspiring everybody else. Where can everybody connect with you? Awesome, man. Yeah, so reach out to me on social medias. I'm Zach ROI Williams across all social medias. And if you have a hard time finding me that way, ZachROIWilliams.com. You can find all those links, and I appreciate it, guys. And I want to hear from you. This episode was a 15 out of 10. It's got me so inspired right now. I would love to hear from you your favorite moments or what inspired you to think or take action. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Slide into my DMs. I'll definitely get back to you. Sending tons of good vibes your way.